Welcome to the Pilgrim's Odyssey, your guide to life's wild ride. I'm your host, Silwan Green. Every day we share incredible stories and valuable lessons on life and faith. Thanks for tuning in and make sure to share this odyssey with your friends and neighbors so all of us together can let our light shine. Welcome friends to another episode of the Pilgrim's Odyssey on a patriotic Friday as we enter the 4th of July weekend. Much fun will be had with my family as we go to the lake to do a little swimming, fireworks, hamburgers, you name it. And it will be a welcome reprieve from what I have seen going on around me. Now, yesterday I was in Kroger. I've been traveling for a few days. It was a fantastic trip. Seeing some old and new friends and Pittsburgh, PA. So I'm home and I go to Kroger's and it's busy. Parking lot was packed. I'm walking in and I'm on the crosswalk going into the Kroger's. And I look to my right, and there's a car and it stopped. And it's got two older people in there. They both got masks on. They both There's groceries in the back seat. They probably had just gotten done shopping. I'm sure they were on their way home. And the man is waving his hand at people and me to get across that crosswalk faster. And he is mad. He can't believe we're walking so slow. Now, folks, anyone that knows me, I don't walk slow. No, I don't. I'm not a speed demon, but I don't walk slow. And I wanted to get in that store, and I was in a hurry. But it wasn't enough for that man, and he was mad. He was taking it personal that people had the audacity to be in the crosswalk in front of his car when him and his wife wanted to get home, where they could take their masks off, although they could have done it in their car because they were headed home, I'm sure. And then I go in the store, and it was the same thing. And and I think being away from it for a few days, and then going back into it, I I could notice it. I mean, I mean, good lord, everybody looked uneasy. You, someone would get too close to somebody, they give them some nasty look. Sudden stops with the cart. People up in arms because you're coming my direction, or you didn't go around me. The way people talk to each other. And then you go to the checkout lines, and there's that big piece of plastic like you're checking into a prison. I noticed the checkout people getting colder, I'm sure, because instead of having that, you know, just air between you and the person, there was now this piece of plastic. It made it seem colder, and it was just like, get through there. Reach around, hand me your card. Folks, Kroger's are not death hotspots. Wake up. Kroger's have been open through the whole pandemic. Most of the time, crowded like pig stalls. The place you buy your food, the one place all these experts don't shut down or limit, and no one's dying from Kroger's. There's no Kroger hotspot map. In fact, on just June 27th, not long ago, the New York Times did a study of all the data from the CDC. You know what they found? 43% of all U.S. COVID deaths are related to nursing homes. Now, for all you cynics, that ain't Fox News. That's the New York Times. 43%. 
as the cases go up and the death rate goes down, you take away that 43% of nursing home deaths, you know what that means for everybody else? The death rate is no worse than the flu. And anyone that's like hurt by that or think I'm crazy, just look at the numbers. It's a fact. It's a fact. Now, that doesn't mean you downplay what's going on, but it sure means you don't go nuts going to Kroger's to grocery shop. I think it's one reason people are going crazy because our lives are not in our control. One person in a state, one person in a country, tomorrow, based on their opinion, can decide just to pretty much do whatever they want. And when people feel out of control, you know what happens? You get angry. You get rude. Everybody in that Kroger probably doesn't personally know anyone who's died. Probably doesn't personally know anyone who's been in the hospital. And they might know of somebody. Yet their lives are shut down. People are, you know, afraid to cross a crosswalk because some angry person in a mask might run them over. People are going into Kroger's for four months. And they're not sick. Makes people a little edgy. <laughs> and then you got other people that think they're going to die. Someone looking at you. And that if you get too close to them or you look at them wrong or you sneeze to your elbow instead of some other proper way, you're like going to cause their death. And it's getting worse and it's going to get worse. So what do you do with it? What do you do with it? How do you combat that? People are angry and agitated for a whole host of reasons. People that think they're going to die if they leave their house and people that think it's the dumbest thing they've ever heard. But the end result's kind of the same. We get rude. We forget about each other. So how do you change those attitudes? Well, let me suggest something. It begins with you and me. You got to vent sometimes. I just vented. But that ain't going to change anything. And that surely is not going to help me. And then it's not going to help me communicate with anybody who might have different opinions than me and be able to talk about things in an objective, logical way. No, it's not. But you know what will help me? You know what will help you? Prayer. Praying. Learning to pray better. Maybe learning to pray for the first time. As I talked about in yesterday's podcast, you know, I'm not talking about prayer by numbers or prayer by a check in the box. Nope, going to bed, better say a quick prayer. Nope, I'm eating, better pray. I mean real prayer, deep prayer. The kind of prayer where our goal is to go deeper. Prayer that is not of this world, so to speak. Prayer when we top and tap into something bigger than us, deeper than us. Now, a book I highly recommend for this, and it's one I'm going to be talking about through the next few episodes, as long as it takes, but you will enjoy it. Is called Beginning to Pray by Anthony Bloom. Now, he's a bishop in the Orthodox Church, but he wrote the book for all people, and it was popular for all people. It's, it's probably why the byline of the book is by Anthony Bloom, not by Archbishop Anthony Bloom. And he writes it from the perspective of, I want to learn how to really pray, how to pray deep. How to, how to pray where I'm not just asking for things, where I'm not just doing it because I'm supposed to, but because I'm, I'm trying to connect with something bigger and deeper than me. Now, the beginning of the book, he, he, he starts talking about his father and how in many ways his, his, his father 
left this indelible impact on him that in many ways his entire prayer life, his entire life in general, came from the examples of his father. And there's one quote in particular from his dad that's a great starting point for beginning to pray. And it goes like this. His dad said to him when he was a young man, always remember that whether you are alive or dead matters nothing. What matters is what you live for and what you were prepared to die for. Boom! That's a punch in the face, isn't it? So many people afraid to die today, but how many are living a life where they're willing to die for something other than themselves? See, if you're only living for yourself, that means the most precious thing to you is yourself, and anything that threatens you is going to freak you out. But when you live for others, when you live for something greater than you, all of a sudden, death kind of loses its sting because it's not about you, it's about them. What do you live for? Worldly things? Trips you're going to take? Money you're going to make? Or eternal things? The legacy you're going to pass on to your family? The relationship you have with God? Things that are outside of time? And what are you prepared to die for? Just yourself or others or higher values? You know, one could say that real prayer begins with the remembrance of death. My patron saint, St. Silouan, would have said that. Keep your mind in hell and despair not. That's a difficult phrase. Keep that mind in hell and despair not. All that's really telling you is to avoid getting caught up in the temporal things of the world. Remember where you're going to end up. Dead. Can't escape it. You can't wear a mask. You can't take drugs. You can't move to an island in the middle of nowhere. Nothing is going to keep you from dying. You're going to die. So that really isn't the question. The question is, what do you live for and what are you prepared to die for? See, we shouldn't just be praying for the now. We shouldn't just be praying for us, for the selfish, what we want. We should be praying for the eternal, where we're going to go. We should pray with the understanding that our existence in this body is just a blink of the eye. That most of our existence is what happens when we don't have this body. That's where prayer starts. Because then you'll pray for the right things. You'll search for the right kind of prayer. You'll want a relationship. You'll want to feel and understand the eternal, that which is greater than us. You know, you always hear this sort of, you know, over the last 40, 50 years, this idea of personal relationship with Jesus. What does that mean? Does that mean you're talking to him? No, because you're not. What it means is you're able to go to a quiet place, a deeper place where you can listen, where you can connect, where you can hear. And then in a way, it's a relationship without words. It's deeper than that. It's through reading God's word. It's through listening to what it means for you. Jesus doesn't care what you're getting at Kroger's or what your car looks like. He cares about what do you live for? What are you prepared to die for? Think about those things. It'll be a guidepost to make sure that when you begin your prayer, you begin it focused on the correct things. What a great weekend we have ahead of us. Make sure you take time to remember and celebrate the things that make America great. Freedom, family, friends, faith. But also make sure you take a minute to reflect on those two things. 
What do you live for? And what are you prepared to die for? If we're going to change America, I believe it's going to change by people learning how to pray deeply. So they change themselves, which then enables them to change others. We're beginning our study on prayer. It will continue. It will continue after this weekend. Eat those hot dogs. Drink that Coke. Water ski on those lakes. Lay out on that beach. Have fun with family and friends. But maybe just take a minute when you're alone, you're staring up at the sky. You're feeling good. Just ask yourself, what do you live for? What are you prepared to die for? And next week, we'll build on that as we continue our discussion on beginning to pray. So until next time, my friends, aim high. Don't let those rude people get you down. Spread your wings and keep your eyes on the things that matter. I'm your host, Silouan. Until next time, peace. You've been listening to The Pilgrim's Odyssey. Make sure you comment, share, and like this podcast so all of us together can let our light shine. For books, videos, and more content from me, your host, please visit Silouan.com. That is Silouan, S-I-L-O-U-A-N.com. Until your next visit on The Pilgrim's Odyssey, I'm your guide on life's wild ride, Silouan Green.